everybody. Grab your Bible, pencil, and a journal, and maybe even a cup of coffee, and join in on the conversation. But first, I would like for you to write this down. Genesis 50, verses 19 through 22. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me. God planted it for good to bring about the present result, the survivor of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph and his father's family remained in Egypt. Joseph lived to be 110 years old. Hey everyone, welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. My name is Kara, and as you know, I am Dot's daughter, and we sit down together every week and we talk through truths and scripture. And in this episode, we are finishing up the book of Genesis, and we talked a lot about Jacob as well as the story of Joseph and how it may have been meant for evil, but God can always turn it around to be meant for good. And I get a little personal in this episode, I'm not going to lie. I talk through how, how do we have hope or how do we know what God has promised us. So pull up a chair and listen in. Well, Kara, we ended, I think, this last time just talking about Abraham and how he had to decide to give up Ishmael. He really wanted Ishmael to be um, the promised child, but God said no. And, um, And so here we are. We know that Abraham, you know, is the father of Isaac. And then Isaac takes Rebecca as his wife, and she can't get pregnant. Yeah, I actually had a question that I wanted to ask about last week's episode. I was re-listening to it. We talked a lot about God's promises and how God Mm -hmm. is faithful to um, fulfill His promise, Mm -hmm. and He was faithful to fulfill His promise to Abraham and, and even to us today. And I just was listening to it thinking of, I'm sure there could be listeners listening to that episode who feel like, well, how do I know what God has promised me? I mean, obviously God promised Isaac or a child to Abraham. He promised, you know, to make him the father father of many nations. And God does still speak to us today. But just that thought that God is faithful to fulfill his promises. So, and I know that there are promises that we can hold on to, like he will never leave us nor forsake us. And that he, you know, if we choose to follow Jesus, we'll be with him and eternity and and heaven. And Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot of promises like that, that we can grab hold of, but how can we know if there is something that he has promised us that is not in the word or does he promise us things that are? Well, there's a lot of people that take the scriptures out of context. I know we might've talked about this. I know you and I probably have, I'm not sure if, you know, we've recorded this, but There are a lot of people that say they want to get pregnant and they read that, you know, right now, I mean, like Rebecca, you know, can have children. And so they prayed and they asked God for a child. And, you know, Sarah had been 90 something years old. They prayed and asked for God for a child. And a lot of people take that and say, I know that as I was reading this, that God was promised me that I would have a child. And then time goes on, time goes on. And they never have a child. They have a hard time getting pregnant. And so they look at that and they really feel down deep in the heart that God had really said that. And I'm not saying that 
I would ever speak that God did not say that. But what I have learned over the years in walking with the Lord is if God's really promised you that, it will come true. Mm-hmm. Now, when you take it out of context, and, and so as we've talked about God being a covenant God, we see from the very beginning that God has a plan. It's a redemption plan. It is a plan to, to bless Abraham. And he makes a covenant with Abraham. And he says to Abraham that you're going to be a blessing to nations. And so that, that meant the Gentiles and stuff. So as we're reading in this Genesis, that's what we're reading. We're reading that God has a plan to fulfill his covenant that he's going to bless Abraham. You'll mm-hmm. see it over and over again. It says, I remembered, I remembered that uh, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what God is saying is, I'm going to be faithful to my covenant and what I promised. And you're right. Um, God, in the New Testament, Jesus says, I'll never leave you, forsake you. He says, if you confess your sins and accept Jesus' death on the cross, that we can have salvation. But there are certain things that we are praying about, like, do I get this job? Do I not take this job? Do I marry this person? Do I not marry this person? You can go from Genesis to to Revelation, and you're not going to find it there. Mm -hmm. So how do you know that God is really being uh, Mm -hmm. faithful to His promise? Well, and even if, if if it's not a promise, but if it's what you feel like God has said to you, that's that's another way to say it. Yes. And so what you have to do and what I've seen, and I feel like this is biblically sound, is that God is faithful to who He is. So when you know the ways of God, when you know who God is, you know that God is love, you know that God is all-powerful, you know that God is omnipotent, you know that God is grace, God is caring, God loves His children, God wants what's best for His children. When you know the heart of God, you can trust that. And so even today, as we're talking about, we're going from Abraham, and then we go you know, to Jacob and how Jacob, you know, was not a perfect person. He was a deceiver. Mm-hmm. And God was very faithful to his promise, even though Jacob was not faithful. And there mm-hmm. were times that, you know, he did some terrible things, uh, deceiving. I mean, that was, the, that was the meaning of his name. Jacob meant deceiver. Yeah, the deceiver, the grass of the heel. And so, you like, he was come up and he would catch somebody off guard and he would do something like with Laban and, you know, with trying to take care, you know, of Laban's sheep and how he tricked Laban and he left Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. uh, with his wives. And so now he got it right back to him because Laban tricked him. So, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it does come back, but what we can really claim the promise is the heart of God. We can know that God has a plan in which we're going to see it and he's going to take it into action. He's a covenant God. He's made a covenant with us by Jesus. He's, you know, sealed it with Jesus's blood. You can look at the heart of God and you can like, God, I feel like you're telling me that we're going to, I'm going to have a child. Are you telling me that I feel like I'm going to get married? Or I feel like this is the right job. Then you pray about it and you really seek God and you have to be open-handed like Isaac. I mean, Abraham with Isaac, God, I'm going to lay this Mm -hmm. down on the altar. Um, I want what only you want. Mm -hmm. And then you just trust the heart of God. And if it doesn't come true, 
then pretty much he didn't promise it, but he always has a better plan. Yeah, like I think what I was just thinking when you're talking is, and we see this not just in Genesis, but throughout the Bible is it is so hard to not incorporate our own preconceived ideas. Like even mm-hmm. with, even if God did say whatever it is to us, you know, if he says you, you will have a child or you will get married or you will this or that, we don't really know what that means. Like, and I think that's even with Abraham, we see that at the beginning with the Abrahamic covenant, like he didn't know how that would all play out. He didn't no. know that that meant the 12 tribes of Israel or that it would really extend through eternity. Yeah. Like there. Mm-hmm. And so I think that is part of it too, where even at our, even at our best, it is so hard to not have our preconceived ideas of how God will do it or the time frame he will do it. And I know that a lot of us may know that in our head, but when it comes to something that we really feel like God has said to us and wanting and choosing and trying to believe that he is faithful to his word and he can accomplish what he, and he will accomplish what he says he will do. But we have to be so, like you're saying, open-handed and so humble really to be like, I. but I don't know what this will look like. I don't know how this will play out or what this will look like or, you know. You know, as we're talking about Joseph today, thinking about that, you know, the pretty much um, the last part of Genesis is all about Joseph. A lot of uh, scripture, a lot of chapters are about Joseph's life and the journey that Joseph went through. It, it One death to a dream over and over again. You know, Joseph was a dreamer mm-hmm. and he felt like, and he should have kept his mouth shut, actually, <laughs> um, about, you know, he's bragging about his dreams. You know, I, I don't know of anyone that would want to go to your sibling and say, hey, you're going to bow down, you know. Yeah. And uh, well, Especially as me. a teenager, or yeah. maybe he was a little bit younger than even being a teenager, but yeah. It's- <laughs> yeah about 14, but, you know, yeah, it, you just don't do that. And then he had, you know, the, you know, and it wasn't very wise for Jacob to, have a favorite. Mm-hmm. And so the other brothers, you know, did it just was dysfunction in the house. But we do know that Joseph, you know, was really kind of, you know, innocent in some of the stuff that he was doing. I mean, he was thrown into prison and right. uh, his dad had told him to go check on your brothers. I mean, that was, I mean, they knew that there was dissension. And so the sin Joseph was not yeah, like, smart. Even if there was favoritism and, you know, Joseph having a little bit of you know, arrogance pride to issue. pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that that warrants being thrown in a pit no. and left for no. dead. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, no, yeah, not. there's family dysfunction, but I'm like, I don't know that. And I know you're not no. saying that, but it's like, okay. No, I'm not excusing their behavior. But so many people look at Joseph as if he was innocent of everything. And I don't oh, know right. Joseph's heart. No, right, But right. I'm just saying it, it was wisdom wouldn't tell you to go and go tell right. your brothers that they're going to you know, bow down uh, to you. But what I want to say is when you look at the life of Joseph, there was just one disappointment after another, after another. And it said through the entire time that Joseph was going through being sold uh, Mm. and and stopped and enslaved and in prison and, and God was with him. And, you know, it's just like, what? Like, how could God be with you? Like, were you not... In God's will, surely you have done something wrong or all of this stuff couldn't have happened to you. Right. And there's a lot of that mentality. 
But again, God has a plan. Right. Like I remember, I remember when I moved, I moved across the country a few years Mm -hmm. ago. Now it's been many years actually. And I remember doing that and feeling so called to take this job over literally 5,000 miles away from home. And it was an act of faith. And I, without realizing it, thought that it would turn out great (laughs) because I was doing this great act of faith. Like I was leaving, I knew no one out there. I mean, it wasn't like I had Mm -hmm. zero friends. I had, I didn't know know. anything. No, I know. I'm telling you, saying the listeners, it was, (laughs) but that came to my mind because it, it was one of the worst situations of my life. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. some of it was, it may not have necessarily been the worst time in terms of, or the hardest um, of what happened when I was actually out there, but some of the things that happened because I went out there was mm-hmm. the hardest and things that I've ever had to go through. And I dealt with mm-hmm. that. I was like, I, should I have not gone? Did I mishear you? Was I wrong? And and I think it's just one of those things where it is, without realizing it, it is so easy to equate how well or how badly something is going to, was that right or wrong? And sometimes it was, God was like, no, this is, I, I led you to it Mm -hmm. and I led you through it and I'm still leading you now. And that was a hundred percent part of his plan. And it, I wish that that wasn't, if I'm honest, Mm -hmm. I wish that he had a different plan for me, (laughs) but that's not up to me. And I'm sure Joseph wouldn't have wanted to spend most of his teenage years in prison. Right. You know, because he doesn't get out until a, an adult. Yeah. And, and I had to deal a lot with that of like, mm-hmm. I don't love how you've written my story. Like yeah. I mm-hmm. kind of, I, I would, not only would I have written it differently, I thought that he would have written it differently. That's right. And I will have to be honest with you. I've been on my knees all through that process and say, God, I thought for sure this is your will. Um, the way that, it worked out for you to get there was like a miracle. We knew that it was God's will. I remember when you called me, I know exactly where I was when you said, I got the job. And we were just shocked. And like you said, you didn't know anybody. It was just definitely, there was no way of being able to explain it other than that. But when things turned out the way it did, here I am, your mother walking with God longer than you had been alive. And I'm on my knees going, God, I thought, I, I thought this would be different. Now, as I look at you, literally right now, and I know that life's been hard. And I know that that's not the first time you've looked at your life and thought it would be different. Mm-hmm. But I see past that. And I see your relationship with God. I see that just the other day, you saying to me, God's got me. And knowing that, you know, you would like to be married, knowing that you would like for things to be different and for you to be able to say, Mom, I'm okay. God's got me. You would not have been there without those moments. It's mm-hmm. it's like Abraham, what we're talking about of how God said, Abraham, why don't you leave your family? Well, that was hard. Mm-hmm. Then it was like, Abraham, I'm going to give you a child. But that was hard. But then Abraham's like, well, I can take care of that. And so he has Ishmael. But then he says, Abraham, I want you to put Isaac. I want you to give me Isaac. Now, who would have thought that out of so much pain would come laughter? But that's Mm -hmm. what Isaac means. It's laughter. Mm -hmm. 
And I look at so much pain and I, and I know that maybe you're not laughing right now at the moment, but I will have to say this. When I see your relationship with God and then you, you, you kind of expand your vision a little bit and you think about why you were born and why you were created. And if you were created to have a relationship with God, not to be married, not to have children, mm-hmm. not to have jobs, not to have ministries, but you are created. We are created to have a relationship with our God, our creator. And he wants to have an intimate relationship with us. If that's why we were created, and through that process, Kara, and through those times, we see how God's drawn you closer. And the problem sometimes what's happened is we don't respond that way. Sometimes we get bitter, we get angry because our viewpoint of God is God is supposed to to give me what I want. I mean, isn't God wanting to make my life happy? And when Joseph was in the prison, he made the best of it. Mm-hmm. He was forgotten. He, you know, uh, fulfilled a dream and told, uh, you know, Cupbearer and the yeah the baker and the cupbearer about their uh you know what their dream is and then they forgot him said now if you get mm-hmm. out of here don't forget me and they forgot him mm-hmm. but you know it's perfect timing because if Joseph had gotten out earlier there wouldn't have been as much of a famine mm-hmm. and and his family would not have come to Egypt mm-hmm. so God was going to unite it bring it all about he was. But he had a plan. Now, the plan was not to unite Jacob and them. That was not right. God's plan. Well, and it's somewhat, you can't deny, it's kind of like what you're saying, the difference in Joseph from the pit to mm-hmm. the, I mean, he wasn't on the throne, but to, to Pharaoh's um, quarters. I mean, the person that he became, mm-hmm. I mean, was beca- was the person in prison. You know, like that's right. where God really did all of that hard work to get him to a place to forgive his brothers mm-hmm. and to be able to rule during that famine with humility and not have this like, see, I told you so, you know, heart or stance. Right. And you can see that because at the very end of the scripture I was reading in, in chapter 50, it says you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Well, that's a humble heart. That's a, a mm-hmm. person that's not looking at their circumstances, but they're looking at God. So his relationship with God. So he's come from this guy with this big coat that, you know, his parents think he's the, you know, the best, you know, sibling. Mm-hmm. To this maybe he was, who knows? Maybe he yeah. was, I don't know. <laughs> but to this person of saying to his brothers, Look, you're going to bow down to me. And now he has that chance. And when he realizes that it's his brothers, he goes and weeps. Mm-hmm. He's not mad. He's not angry. Mm-hmm. And so that time in, in prison, I'm not saying that he God put him in prison to humble him. I think right. it did. I think God allowed the timing so that Egypt would mm-hmm. be in a, a famine and he would bring those down. I, this is very important. And so you're listening to this. I want you to hear this very carefully. When God told Abraham, I want you to leave your family, he said, I'm going to make, bless you and you'll become a nation. And he said, these people will be enslaved for 400 years. Mm-hmm. So here is coming to two. So when we go back to 
what do we know God's going to do? He's going to be faithful to his word. He told Abraham that the people were going to be enslaved. So the timing and the fact that they had to get to Egypt so mm-hmm. that they could be enslaved, so that God would be faithful to his word. Right. So again, what God promises, it comes true. Which for people who have never been over there, the land that they were in, where were they, Canaan? They were coming from Egypt, but they were in Canaan. And, and were they, then, yes, the mm-hmm. distance between Canaan and Egypt, this wasn't like a mile. No. <laughs> it, it was a journey. A journey. I mean, it took them days on foot yeah. to walk there. So to get a whole nation to Egypt was a feat. In other mm-hmm. words, it wasn't like God was moving, you know, a five-person he, household down the street. Like he was... There, well, there are concubines and their brothers and, right, and all, all the, the people cattle that worked and, with them. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so it yeah. was um, a large... I mean, it was a nation. It was turning into... It turning um, into a nation. That's right. right. And... Um, you know, the 12 tribes, and that was, uh-huh. you know, however many people, Brothers. it's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think, I mean, it really is amazing to think about of all, and like you said, like, I like it, I like the way you put it of it, it's not like God put Joseph in prison to, like, teach him a lesson or to, like, you know, right. get this humble him. humble him or whatever. I'm going to teach but, you a thing or two. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's, that's, you know, God just used, that's what God used. And he allowed it, but right. I mean, he allowed the evil of the brother's heart to, you know, cast him in the pit and to get picked up and, you know, by the slaves to go to be in prison and all of that. But, um, but you know, I love the fact what Joseph said. He said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I love the fact that he didn't sugarcoat it. He didn't say that what they did was right, but he yeah. saw a bigger plan. And he said, you know, if this had not happened, my family, my dad that I really adore and loved, he would have died because he would have died of starvation. Mm -hmm. And so he really did save his family and God used it. And then, you know, we find we go, you know, on into Exodus where Genesis ends and they forget about what all Joseph had done. But Joseph pretty much saved Egypt and had a plan. And so he was very wise and and smart and business-wise like that, and God used him. But it wasn't to teach Joseph a lesson. It was to be faithful to his word and to be faithful to who he is. And he had said, you know, Abraham, your people are going to be enslaved. Mm-hmm. And and they and they did and they were. It was mm-hmm. what Exodus is about. But the the point of it is it's just that God is faithful to his plan and his purpose. And this is just starting out. This is, you know, Genesis is the beginning. So this is starting out and this is going to build. And you will see, and we will see all through. Genesis to Revelation, that God has a plan, He has a purpose, and He has a plan to redeem His children and bring them back to Himself. And and then eventually we will see how He does that, you know, in the New Testament. But right now, that's what He's doing, and He's saving a remnant. He's saving, that's what, you know, we'll find uh, all throughout the Scripture that, you know, God 
may want to destroy him, but he didn't. Mm -hmm. He didn't destroy him with Noah. He didn't destroy everyone. There's always a remnant and he's always preparing. And I I think that care of what we have to really zero in on is that we can trust God because God's trustworthy. Mm -hmm. And we cannot just assume that what we want is what's best for us and what we want God to do and how God, the journey and how he gets that is what's best for us. We don't know what's best for us. I was thinking um, when you were talking about when Joseph at the end in Genesis 50, when Joseph is with his brothers and he says, you know, what we've just said a hundred times about how you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And he didn't discount the fact and the truth that they were wrong. Um, what they did was wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of something I read. I don't know, maybe a week ago. That's it was um, Henry Cloud, which we may have talked about him on here, mm-hmm. but he's a you know counselor and a believer. But he was talking about how we need to face the brutal facts, but then also maintain hope. And mm-hmm. I just thought of that when you were talking and thinking about Joseph's story and the whole, all the stories mm-hmm. in the Bible of it's not being in this, you know, delusional world of avoiding reality or, you know, what's actually happening or this is awful or this is painful or this is hard or I wish this wasn't or whatever it may be or whatever the facts are, but maintaining hope and maybe it's not hope in that circumstances will change, or maybe it's not hope that, I mean, not saying we can't have hope in other things, but I think that for me, it's maintaining hope that you mentioned, I have, I mean, I've been going through a very hard time and I'm not even, my hope isn't even that God is good or that it's going to be good or it's going to be okay, or God's going to fulfill my desires or God's going to change this Mm -hmm. or do that. Honestly, the only thing that I I've really been able to hold on to is my hope that God is with me, that he's got Mm -hmm. me and he's like, he can handle the universe. He can handle my situation. That's what my hope is in. It's not in anything Mm -hmm. other than like, I can't, because it's so overwhelming. I can't even think about tomorrow. So my hope is not really even what he's going to do. It's just the hope Mm -hmm. to get through this moment. Cause I think sometimes life is so much or overwhelming or hard or, whatever that hope for tomorrow is so hard. And I feel like for me, God has just been like, just hope that I maintain hope that I will be with you and get you through this moment, this mm-hmm. minute, this hour. And then next thing you know, you know, it's it's tomorrow and it's the next day. And yeah. But we can find hope and we can find hope. Our hope is that we do know that we have a God that loves us that God that is within us, God that will strengthen us, that God will go with us. That's what Joseph was saying. God was with me the whole time, you know, and, and all through that, you know, the story of Joseph is saying, and God was with him and God was with him. And that's what you're saying. So sometimes when you don't know what the future might hold, and you're just figuring out right now, I just got to get through today. And so it just may be, God, it's just me and you. God, I'm just, you know, I'm just trusting that you're with me. You've said you'll never leave me and you're never 
forsake me. And I'm asking you to give me the strength to take this one step. I just need to take this one step. I need to do what I know to do right now. And so I think that that's one of the things of how we can end, you know, in Genesis at this beginning, because we're going to find out that it isn't long. There's a new king and they forget Joseph and they've forgotten and things get tough and things get hard again to the Israelites and to the people. But remember that what God was saying to us through Genesis is it starts from the very beginning where it says, in the beginning, God. And when you read Revelation 22, it says that in the new heaven and the new earth, there's God. And so between those times, this life of knowing that God is with us and then knowing that God's going to make all things right, whatever that is, whatever God calls right. Mm-hmm. When we begin to know that God has a plan for our lives and he has a purpose for our lives, that life between that time, that journey, and when you see and you look back and go, oh, that's what God was up to. Oh, that's what God was protecting me from. Oh, that's why God didn't answer those prayers. Sometimes we may be in heaven before we know what the answer to it. But I do believe that in time, just like Joseph says, oh, that was what that was all about. And his relationship with God and his ability to trust him, even when life got difficult, and how he protected his heart. I do want to say that, is that we have to protect our heart, not to be bitter, not to be angry, and not look at the things, our circumstances around us, and begin to blame everybody else, but to look at God and say, God, I don't know what you're up to, but I know you, and I know that you are a good God, and I know that you love me, and that I can put my hope and in that I can uh, claim my promise and those are the things that God has said for us we may not understand everything that God does and we won't but what we can do is that we can look to God and say father I don't know what you're doing but I know what you did and you sent your son for me And if you wanted to hurt me, and if you wanted to condemn me, if you wanted to make life miserable for me, you would have never sent your son. So whatever I'm going through at this moment, it may be difficult, but at the end of the day, I know that God loves me. That is a promise you can hold on to. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad that you could be a part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, you can find Dot on social media at Dot Bowen or visit her website, dotbowen.com. Subscribe, like, and share with your friends, and we will see you next week on Write This Down with Dot Bowen.